What is Manchuria? So, um, it is a part of, gosh, I don't want to, okay, I don't know how accurate this is. We can also just Google it. Let's Google it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was going to say, I think it's part of um, China, but um, I don't think it's called that anymore. And that's exactly why that's why I don't know because they they said Manchuria and China I think yeah it's it's like uh let me see so according to Wikipedia it's an exonym um okay got it never mind that's that's not as relevant okay but it's it's a region of Northeast Asia um present day Northeast China parts of Russian Far East um and if you look. Um, I can, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. I just sent you a link to it. And you can kind of see, like, if you see how China is on the map, it's sort of like that little nib at the top right. um, Oh, yeah. Or right part of China. Um, That was, I guess that's what Manchuria was known okay. as. If you see that it's right north of Korea, if you look at the um, if you can zoom in yep. on the map. Um, so actually my dad was born there. At oh the, wow. At the time it was called Manchuria and he was born there because of the Japanese um, occupation of the area. So. Oh wow. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. yeah. To get that in there. And it's pretty close to Japan as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, but what were they just saying, like, the, in terms of the timeline? Um, well, this was the 30s, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, um, got it. So, f- so there was, in World War One, um, Zhang Zhulin, um, a warlord... Um, powerful warlord um, was ruling backed by the immigration of Chinese um, people but then Japan assassinated him according to Wikipedia um, in 1928 and then in 1931 they invaded it it looks like yeah that might be wow so are you at nine? What do you think so far of the of what we've watched? Um, I think it's interesting to follow like this particular family, mm-hmm. and I think it's also strange that they had this guy read Buddy Uno's voice. Oh yeah, I don't think that's really him. Obviously, right? You know. It's he's dead. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not sure what they're reading from. Like, did he leave notes? Like, are they just paraphrasing from what they know about him and it's, creating a dialogue? It's creating some serious suspense. I'm like, what happened? I've never heard of this guy. Like, why Why are they talking about him like this controversial figure? So, but if he's <laughs> going to be representing, or he joined the Japanese Imperial Army, I can see why, you know, they're setting, how it's being set up as like, oh, he's an American but he's fighting for who ends up being the um, enemy. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but it's so... But it's, like, divisive within your own person, though. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you even navigate that? And I feel like. And it's, <sighs> and he was very clear about how it was due to economic, you know, he was pushed through economic kind of need or, or at least he was responding to his economic situation. He was like, well, I don't have anything keeping me. Yeah. Here. Just like the constant rejection from all facets of society, like even before, and they're talking about how he was rejected from Boy Scouts when he was a kid. I know. That's And that ended up like impacting him a lot. Mm -hmm. And then just like, yeah, growing up and not being able to do anything in society just because you're Japanese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it makes sense that he would go to Japan Mm -hmm. and be part of this military um pursuit to like buy Japan to like take over. Yeah. And have power and stuff. In- Makes yeah. Sense. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. So are you at nine thirty eight now? Nine thirty six, so basically. Oh, close enough. Yeah. So should we <laughs> keep enough. watching? We shall. Okay, cool. Whew. Wow. Oh my gosh, that was very emotional ending. Very, very emotional. Yeah. Look at this. There were parts where I wanted to like pause and chat, but then it just like jumped into a new thing immediately and it was hard to figure out where to where to do that. But I, I figured out that um where they got Buddy Uno's voice was probably reading from some publications that he wrote as a correspondent. Oh, right. That makes sense. Because it did say on the screen um, that it was taken from, like, something he wrote. Yeah. So that makes sense. I, I was curious um, because they said that at the end they said that he tried to record his own voice, but I, I figured they must have lost those recordings or something. So did I. I was kind of looking forward to maybe like some snippet or mm-hmm. something, but they said they just, there's no way to get a glimpse into his mind. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was a very good episode. I think compared to the first one, it was more cohesive Yeah, because it stuck to one family's story. And yeah. I kind of liked the fact that they used the footage from previous i think maybe there was a previous documentary done on the family where they use footage from there as well oh um of the uno family yeah i see because they had k uno talking when she was a lot younger and then present moment she lives in honolulu right right and it was really cool to see that they had her testimony when they were doing the redress and reparations movement i guess um, mm-hmm. because you know you start when you first meet her she has this tight-lipped like I don't want to talk about it thing and then you go backwards in time and you realize oh she's talked about this topic before not this not her brother so it shows you how how painful it must be for her you know, to yeah her, so. yeah um, she talked about the experience of the whole thing like back in the day when she was younger um because her older siblings, who were activists, had passed away. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I have to be here because they can't. Yeah. Edison and Amy, were they part of the 10? Siblings, yeah. Yeah, so they had been incarcerated as well, right? Is that correct? I, I was, believe so. I was losing a little bit of track of, like, who the character... Like, there was a... Um, 
like when they were in Japan visiting um, the descendants of Buddy, there was a man and there was a woman. And I almost paused it because I was like a little confused about who they were. But I know the woman was the daughter of Buddy. Was the man her brother and also the son? Or or does it? Yeah. Oh, got it. That makes sense. Yeah. I think they're brother and sister. Got it. So that was their father. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And then I'm assuming then that Tamiko the is the offspring of one of those two. Um, yeah, of, yeah, because they said that she was Buddy's granddaughter. Yeah, or some other, maybe some other descendant that wasn't in the film either. So, um, but yeah, no, it was yeah, not really, sure. really powerful. I was like, it was very, very, very emotional. Oh my gosh, Pona, I this I know. Uh, so I had previewed it last night, but like I said, I wasn't really paying that much attention, so I didn't really get into it. So yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. I'm about to burst into tears. I think I'm like, after we talk, I'm going to just look sitting there crying. It's so sad. Oh. Yeah. I think it's great that like, because this happened, they're now speaking up for literally the same thing that's happening in present day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that woman Satsukir, I think her name was. Yeah, and I, I think that's the part that really hits it home. It's like, oh my god, it's still ongoing. <laughs> yeah, it like never really ended, <laughs> or it did. I'm not but sure. It just mutated into a different form. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not sure where the the voice of that newscaster from like back in the day came on, where it says like voluntary internment or something like that. And, you know, then the narrator goes, nothing about this was voluntary. Right. Right. So yeah. I'm not sure how authentic that old newscast was, showing all the signs about, like, how victorious they were, that all the Japs were going away. And Yeah. I'm cu- yeah, you're right. They didn't actually show how it was portrayed in the U.S. media, per se. They were saying how it was. How, they, they kind of just implied that it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then there was... Um, Susan Ahn's brother, who was a Hollywood actor. Mm-hmm. I know. So that just shows that, like, <laughs> yeah. very blatant representation of their sentiment towards Japanese people. Yeah, well, it was, I, well, I thought they were, because the first episode of the series, weren't they talking about how, wasn't it Anime Wong and other Asian actors were having trouble finding work at all? So I was, I kind of wished they had, um, it, well, I need to look up, like, where does he fit on that timeline? But mm. I mean, part of me figures like, well, was he just happy to get work <laughs> too? You know, but she was, she was honest. Like, she was like very much like, yeah, we didn't like Japanese people. So, and well, yeah, and they invaded Korea. <laughs> And the and the Japanese folks were like, yeah, and we saw that no one stood up for us. Thanks, <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, uh, they they were quite alone. Yeah, for me, it just sort of solidified how Hollywood's been stirring shit up for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like Putting shaping against each other, right? Exactly, yeah. it just like shaping our ideas of other people. Yeah, yeah. As whether we should like them or not, pretty much. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I was, I think I laughed a little bit because I was like, um, 
I was more just like, oh god, he he, he wasn't really concerned about like representation, was he? Like, I mean, the, the, just the accurate, like, like he kind of was playing into that whole like any Asian can play. <laughs> like, let let me just act. I'll be the Jap, or, or the fact that they're even using that term. I, I, that might even be like a a slur, right? You're not supposed to use that language anymore. And they were they were buying into the whole that whole like um, othering, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think like I don't want to I don't want to impose my modern you know understanding of things yeah. onto the past. But I think back in the day, it was hard to find a job. Period. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, especially if you. I don't know. I was going to say, especially if you wanted to be an actor, but maybe also if you're Asian. I mean, I'm like, wait, well, that's the same as now. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Well, also, that was, wasn't it in the 30s and 40s when he was doing that? And so that was before, like, the, um, I want to say before, like, the pan-Asian American sort of civil rights movement that arose after the, uh, in the 70s, right? In the 60s and 70s, that was when... Mm-hmm. Even the term, I I wonder, was there even a term Asian American? Was there even a sense of that, like solidarity with other people of color? You know, back in the mm-hmm. 30s and 40s as an Asian American. Um, I'm also not sure if there was even a sense of oh, we need representation on screen. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that was really a thing. It was. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was more like I just want to work. Yeah, I just want to be an actor. Right. As an Asian person, can I just get work as an actor? Yeah. I was like not to represent my peeps, but like just right. so I can live. <laughs> yeah, I was curious about that too. It's like they were very much like assimilationist, I guess, too, in their approach yeah. to like being American. Um, and um, I had to, I did wonder, I was like, I wonder what that meant for like, you know, that time period when you're assimilating. Um, I want, I'm kind of curious how that played into like, for example, they were assembling in I'm assuming into like white culture, right? So like what were what were their views on like like black people, for example? That's what kind of what some of the thoughts in my the back of my head, like because mm. I think I used to take for granted, like, oh, there's you know, there's they're just wanting to be like the mainstream culture. And so well, what was the mainstream culture? Well, it was the one that was on the news and the TV screens and which one was that one again? <laughs> it's a very yeah. very specific um representation of what you would want to aspire to Um, yeah definitely I feel like and Hollywood probably had a major influence on what anyone would aspire yeah I have I have to say like this is kind of just a side note um I was um I almost learned to joke or I was just really impressed with Susan Ahn's achievements because they're like, career. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, just head of the baseball team, field hockey, badminton, or whatever. Like, I'm not head of all those teams. Like, yeah, I just played like every single sport. Under yeah, the sun. now I can like shoot a gun. <laughs> and now I can be a Russian code yeah, breaker. Yeah, I'll just become an officer. You know, first Asian to enroll. That's fine. Maybe woman. And then also, then she ran a Chinese restaurant. It was so like, you know, yeah. no barriers like, for her. Russian code breaker <laughs> too. Chinese restaurant. Yeah. It seems like it's like, I want to do that. I'm going to do it. Did it. <laughs> Moving on. You know, it does. It makes me really curious about her. Um, but considering her dad was a, it sounds like, a, you know, a strong, like, visionary for, you know, the community. Perhaps she inherited some of that, like, gumption. From mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like that family is probably not the norm. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> funny. Thank you. <laughs> that family is definitely not the norm. That's like, like the super achiever family. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood <laughs> actor slash. Oh, that's true too. Um, yeah, the, the Hollywood actor was her brother. Right, and then like leading an independence movement from your house, you know. I mean, that's just yeah, yeah. Who's doing that? Sorry, that was her dad, I think. Yeah, that was her dad. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just saying, like, that's like, extraordinary. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Oh, definitely. It's it's such a different narrative from what we hear about, like Asian Americans who just you know fade into the background and just want to fit in and not create too many waves. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, I'm gonna. Be an activist. I'm gonna be on TV or on in movies. Yeah. I'm gonna be military. This, you know, right, right. Yeah, definitely not the norm. I would say. Oh my god, no, no. Really fascinating, though. What a fascinating family. Um, because yeah, like you said, Hollywood actor, and then um, doing everything under the sun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Pretty interesting. But no, I, I did I did appreciate that they brought it back to the current immigration system today. Um, and what's weird is like, and this might be like me being old or being dated or something, but like I was alive when um, Reagan signed the you know Redress and Reparations Act, right, where they you know the pen signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think I was like fully aware of what was happening at the time. Like you know, I probably didn't really quite follow. Um, mm-hmm. By the time I was in like high school, college, it had already happened. And I have to be honest with you, because it had already happened and I was a child, like I just assumed it's like, oh, that happened back in the 80s. Like that was like, oh, that's way back there. But now that I'm older, I'm like, no, that was only probably I was eight when that happened. So like 10 years later, that was only 10 years ago, you know, and I can still think back 10 years from now and just think like, oh, okay. So no, it's it's all fairly recent. Um, I guess is is the main thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little too recent. It should have been, or not have happened in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, and then, it's a lot. And actually, the same thing happened to Japanese Canadians. Okay, they had a. Do you know what their timeline was? Um, probably around the same, like World War Two, but you know, and they had internment camps here too. Okay. Um. Yeah, and so I had known about this story for a little while. I even I attended there was this new opera that was created by Vancouver Opera about Japanese internment in Canada called Naomi's Road. Okay. And it follows a family of four who had to be like, you know, taken off. And um they could only take one suitcase, I think, each with them. Mm-hmm. And so they really couldn't bring that many things with them. And then the government possessed all of their Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And I think they I believe they sold all their stuff and used it to like finance their detention. Wow. So, yeah, so they were just left with pretty much nothing but whatever they could take with them. And it followed the story of how they had to get on a, like a train to like go to the next city over to the the camp and it was heartbreaking and I cried like I, Things were coming out of my eyes and my nose, sitting in that in-person audience where there's no turning off your camera. Uh Um, (laughs) Because this was in 2013, I believe. Right. And um, yeah, so it was like the kids being like, 
to their mom and dad, what's happening? Where, do, where are we going? And the parents are like, we have to leave. We have no choice. Come on, kids. And they would just pretend that they were going on an adventure to not tell them the truth, essentially, because they didn't even know what was going on either. Yeah. Like, how do you explain when you don't even know what's going on yourself? <laughs> like, how long you're going to be away? What's going to happen to you? Like, you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, kids, we're just going on an adventure. Come on, let's go. And the girl's like, oh, I want to take this and this and this with me. And mom's like, you can't. Oh. You can't take it with you. And she's yeah. like, why? And she's like, you can't. You know, it's really sad having yeah. to tell a child like what's happening. And they're getting, you know, on the train to go. Everyone else around them is also Japanese, right? So it's like, I don't know if things are clicking for the kids. But they're like, oh, when are we going to get there? What are we going to do when we get there? And it's like so heartbreaking mm-hmm. the way that they wrote the dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. yeah the kids yeah. were the, like they were still trying to protect the kids exactly and like you imagine being in that situation and then to see this documentary and see that they actually were having kids in the concentration camps yeah like yeah. i can't i think that's why would you do that like i don't know for me in my m- modern life and mind frame i'm like why would you do that obviously i don't know what it's like for them or what it was like for them that would be an interesting um it would be interesting to learn more about how it all worked out because when i think of those settings well first of all i typically think that men are usually separated from the women but i must but i guess they had a little bit more they were able to like live together and and they i I don't yeah that's true but um but that does make you wonder then it's like what does contraception look like at the time you know at the time and also in that same facility um but yeah she mentioned that she did it so that she could because she thought it would increase their chances of staying together as a family which shows you how desperate you know like a situation it might have been um yeah well she was pregnant when they were um incarcerated that too correct so I, i can't imagine the stress yeah yeah. Because, like, being pregnant for the first time, I believe I think it was the first time, was st- stress- stressful enough mm-hmm. as it is. Like, I've not done it, but, like, even just thinking about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems very stressful. And then especially if you are stressed, then it has an effect on the baby. Yep. Don't even get me started on intergenerational trauma. Right. Right. It does make you wonder. Um, I don't know enough about, like, the epigenetics of it all, but it wouldn't it be, cur- like, fascinating to see... I don't know, like, is there a way you can look at the DNA of folks that have those ancestors versus don't and like, you know, what the commonalities are and how it ends up looking? Yeah, I actually know someone who is like a therapist. Mm -hmm. And he told me that there is something in your DNA called telomeres. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, very altered. Yeah. When you've had some kind of trauma in your family, which I think it's possible to heal. But, you know, it's true that you do pass these things down. And I think, I don't know, they may have done studies on, like, people um, who've had parents or grandparents who are who survived the Holocaust, I imagine. Because mm-hmm. that seems like something that they would have studied. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard of that somewhere. Well, yeah, that, that's definitely, like, yeah, so you said don't get me started on it, but I would love to at some point. <laughs> 
Well, it's because I would just love to learn more about it in general. You know, I definitely would too. I'm not an expert at all by any means. I'm. I've only just learned about it like in relation to trying to figure out if I have it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's talked about so much in like Asian wellness right. healing communities. Right. And I had no idea about it. I'm like, do I have it? Yeah, you probably do. My parents were around during the Vietnam War. Where were they, may I ask? Fortunately, they weren't in like the heat of the action that was all happening in the North because they were born in the South. And they came to, I know you've mentioned this before, but when did they come to Canada? Sorry, I don't remember. My mom came earlier. So my mom came in 85. My dad came in 89. Would you say that it was a direct result of the of uh, that of the Vietnam War, like maybe like economic hardship? Oh yeah, or... definitely, definitely. They left Vietnam because it was just not a great place to like with not many opportunities to raise children and have a good life. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely changed now, <laughs> and um, there were some aspects of it that shocked my mom when when we went back in 2016. Uh-huh. Because she would always talk about it like it was some rundown place like that was just, um, you know, they didn't have plumbing, they didn't have this, they didn't have that. And she was surprised. Oh, wow, they have internet. They have Wi-Fi. Wow. <laughs> He's remembering post-war Vietnam, like immediately after a lot of ravage had just happened. I would imagine, Yeah. Yeah, so her image of, like, her home country is very different from what it is now. Mm-hmm. I think she, I mean, it's hard not to maintain that image, even if you've seen how it's changed. Mm-hmm. Well, it not that, that that aspect of trauma, right? Like, you just, like, you know, it's something that's sort of seared in your memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know if this is true, but I saw a post about how, um, you know, when you are a baby you still like and you were born with uh a uterus you still you like you have your eggs in there and so that egg can still experience what you experience just like i don't know telepathically through the body or whatever it's very somatic yeah and so what am i trying to say here like if your grandmother is pregnant with you and you, as a baby still in the womb, has developed ovaries, then you can technically, somatically experience what your grandmother had experienced. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know where I saw this, but I was like, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a yeah. connection. Yeah. No, I, um, so your grandmother has eggs, and then she has her baby, which is your mom. And so your mom is in the womb eggs. and her ovaries has devel- have developed. And has eggs. Yeah, before she's even born. In your grandmother's womb. Yeah. And you are, you are one of those eggs. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Wow. I know. Wow, mind-blowing. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, it feels like time travel or something. Like, you were back there back then. Yeah, it's, I like, I, it's so, like weird to think about and because I sort of observe my mom and sort of try and see like where her trauma comes up in daily life I think I've told you this like if she just hears a sound any sound she'll come running and be like what was that so like I have to be careful not to drop anything but I am the worst I drop everything (laughs) 
So she'll just come run and like, I'll right. drop something and I'll be like, oh, fuck, she's going to come in. And there she is. Like, what was that? What was that noise? Yeah. And I'm like, is that part wow. of your trauma? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Oh, how sad. It makes me, it's not sad, like, like, oh, because that's just how she is. But just to, to imagine what it might have stemmed from is sad to me. It's like, oh, God, like, what did. What did she either experience or what did, like you said, what did her ancestors experience? Like what led that to be sort of a point that would, you know, make her on edge like that. But then I think about it and it's just like, I, I also have a little bit of that. Like when I hear fireworks or I live, um, I, when I go volunteer at the donkey sanctuary recently, actually, they, they've been, their neighbors have been shooting guns off more frequently. And I think they're just like recreational hunters oh my God. or um, something like that. Um, yeah, I know. It's scary. It sounds scary. And the first time I heard it, because it was, it looked like it was like their next door neighbor or something. That's how loud it was. Like I literally, like I heard the first couple and then I literally, like I started, I was with other people and I just ran back into the building. <laughs> so now I know what would happen if there was ever a shooting situation. I just like run for <laughs> I would just start running in another direction. But anyways, that 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 uh, I do have a high startle reflex um, when it comes to like really loud firework type noises because that's what usually it, it ends up being that and not like mm-hmm. a mass shooter, right? Like the one that you fear or something like that or a drive by. Recreational hunting? Oh my god, that is so scary. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but all I hear is guns. And then we looked over just because they, the one of the volunteers and my partner, they were like, would it help if maybe we just investigated? Because they were calmer, like they had both grown up in the country like setting, and so they were used to that sound a little more. Um, and so we did, like for my sake, we kind of like looked out the window at that scene, and they were wearing like orange gear, orange hat, and the volunteer, or no, actually she wasn't a volunteer, she was a staff. She was like, yeah, it's probably they're just um, emptying. She called it emptying their bullets out or something like that um but she did still think it was weird because you're supposed to do it during a specific time period or something like that and do you know like who or what are they shooting no no but i think you can get away with shooting your guns off in the country much more so than like in the city yeah because whenever i watch like american tv i always see someone like shooting cans like they got like their empty pop cans or I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm like, how is this fun? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised because they um some like the we were there yesterday I think, and we could hear I could hear it. It was like a regular like, you know, sounding off of it. Um, and that would make more sense. Like, are you shooting at something? <laughs> like, you know, what are you shooting at? <laughs> uh, it would be nice if they could alert you somehow. Just you know, because it, it is, it does sound alarming to me. Um, but, but yeah, so anyways, but not to take away from your, from what you were saying about your mom, but oh, like, not at all. Yeah, I can relate to her a little, a little bit, like a little bit, but she sounds like she's got a, her, her, it's a little bit more sensitive even, you know, because have you seen her around fireworks? I'm curious. She likes fireworks. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe because she knows. I think That's she what knows. they are. Yeah. yeah. And so she doesn't know the, the loud sounds that are coming from the house for some reason. Interesting. Well, you know what? We do have, like, family trauma around hiring a contractor that never showed up and took our money. 
really um, we do yeah so well it was a fake contractor obviously so i think anytime anything is wrong with the house like her having to find somebody is traumatic yeah i found i found the reason i found the reason (laughs) oh my god maybe that is it yeah Yeah. jeez i'm sorry to hear that too yeah i was only 16 at the time i guess something went wrong with your house or what what um i don't think anything went wrong i think we just wanted some reinforcements to our outside like siding we wanted siding basically yeah i don't feel guilty because i was told to get out of the way mm-hmm. oh interesting yeah I, I was told that you're a child get out of the way oh interesting so it wasn't like i was supposed to be part of it and helping them if i was then i would feel very guilty but right. i was not so wow yeah that i can't imagine that how did you how did you feel when they were telling you to get out of the way it sounds like you were trying to help or something no, no, it was, um, they had invited the guy into the house to talk because they didn't realize that you didn't even need to do that. Mm-hmm. If that were a real contractor, he wouldn't come inside the house to talk because the work was outside. Right. He would have just taken a look, been like, all right, I'll be back with my materials and then just do the job. But he came in and chatted with my parents for like an hour oh. and they gave him like water and he told them what beautiful princesses they have us, basically. Oh my god! And then my parents handed him cash because they just don't do credit card, you know. At the time. At yeah. the time. Um, wow. Yeah, and even now, like my mom is still very reluctant to use credit card because she's afraid that they'll charge her all these fees that she's not aware of because she just can't be bothered to understand the rules. Mm-hmm. or keep track of like when what happens mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely a lot of changes that we've seen over the years right I remember using much more cash back then and now I'm like I can hardly keep cash on me right because it's it's so much more convenient to purchase things online or using a card so yeah, yeah. I'm like afraid whenever I have cash on me Mm-hmm, like I feel mm-hmm. physically like unsafe. <laughs> and yet it wasn't so long ago that I was getting, you know, get checks, right? Like that, that there it was within our lifetime that checks were a thing. Yeah. And people still use checks. They're not not using checks, but still, even that's feeling dated. So mm-hmm. or like it feels like a hassle. Like it's like using a fax machine or something like that. So um mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like, yeah, even when things change within our lifetime. It's still hard to picture what it was like, even though we were alive then, you know? So I can't imagine trying to, like, as a historian, kind of bringing it back to the documentary, like, right. as a historian trying to piece together what someone might have been thinking or feeling or why they did certain things that they did within that context. Yeah, this one, I'm curious. I would love to see, like, if they have show notes or, like, a behind-the-scenes, like, director interview. I would love to know how they came around um, with this story about the Buddy Uno family. I mean, clearly, they they I could easily see, well, you hear about it because some of the people in the family were activists, right? Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, it is a... It was a fascinating way to be able to capture, like, the essence of what was happening. It was, like, in this family of 10, you had, like, the huge, this range of different experiences. 
And even showing that, you still feel like you want to know more and you don't know enough of what happened. Even with those individuals, there's yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah, I think part of them, or part of this episode was um, the granddaughter trying to find answers. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think this documentary episode was based on her, like, she went all the way to Japan, right? To, I would, to get that chest out <laughs> to find answers. Even though they didn't talk much about her at all, I could relate to her. There was something very satisfying about seeing her doing that because, like, I don't know, haven't you been in that situation where, like, I really should, like, interview my family and just, you know, document? I don't know. Have you, have you had that urge to capture, like, people's histories before they pass or, you know? Um, a little bit. But I think we're so bogged down by our day-to-day lives. And I think I've been sort of beaten down by the fact that every time I ask my parents about something wouldn't talk about it or wouldn't give many details or didn't think that I would understand. So why would I talk to you about it? That's what was so relatable about the Kate Uno interview in the beginning where she just like clams up. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh God, that's how it would go with me too. I bet. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder when I saw that part, I was like, it clenched me up a little. Cause it was just like that. Yeah. My body remembering. I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. That's how it would go. And and that's on camera. Like, you know, who knows off camera what it would really look like. Be like, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But it does. It does make me wonder, you know, like how how did they get to the point where they were documenting this story? So it's pretty cool mm-hmm. that they did get to that point. Um, you know. I agree with the conclusions that they came up with, though, mm. that we really don't know. What happened with And Buddy? that he was put in a very difficult position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that though he was seen as a traitor to the family and to the nation or whatever, like, you don't know what, what was really going on. Right, right. How did, how did they put it? Like, he, his son put it more like he was tossed around in history as they do with everybody, you know? Yeah, and he was just looking out for his own survival, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I feel like a lot of people would do. Yeah. Well, what was interesting, too, is that he wanted to be a journalist or a reporter, and then his descendants are doing that, which he wanted to do in this, mm. in this documentary, at least. You know, so there seems to be this thread of, like, that particular family perhaps was one, one that likes to tell the story of their people's. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that's something that, like, you see in not just them as individuals, but of their own ancestors. They had journalists in their ancestry, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least they had a aspiring journalist who, you know, was unable to, to fulfill that that desire. So, yeah, it was uh, it it was it was very good to watch. Like, I have to say that, like, this is something that I've noticed is. So, like, in in school, like, you're, when you're in K through 12 school, maybe even in college as well, but, like, you get, you have to, like, you learn something so many times and it's, like, repeated year after year, right? And, um, or something, but basically we, we just hear the same narratives over and over again. And so, like, it's, it's really neat to see, like, um, another depiction of Asian American history, even though I may have known about 
the incarceration of Japanese Americans during the World War II era. I um, this is a side of it I hadn't seen before. Another angle, um, and it brings it to life even more. Like I, I like it's it's interesting. Like a lot of the, you know, for example, a lot of the things online that you'll find about. Um, history will be just dates and names of people and events that occurred but this really kind of breathed more emotional detail into it you know it, it really kind of like painted a more in-depth picture and i appreciated that um, yeah rather than just having like a third party very like emotionless telling of the facts yeah you know having that very emotional family story yeah and like you said, from a different angle, because like every family is going to have a different story. Yeah. yeah. Even if they went through the same thing, essentially. I, um, I wish I remembered what I watched, but in college, I watched a documentary that uh, was about Asian American history. And um, it, there was an, uh, a Japanese American um, veteran who I believe was in the 442nd um unit was it called the battalion or something like that mm. and he was explained i wish i could remember his name i don't remember his name or the name of the documentary i just remember what it looked like and seeing him say this but that that um he was in this unit that was comprised of all these japanese american soldiers and that's wonderful you know and you know honorable that they got all those awards uh but he was saying like we were treated like the tip of the the arrow or the spear of the arrow which also meant that they had a lot of um, attrition or a lot of deaths. Basically, they were they were put at the forefront, but they were at the cost and the, the expense of the lives of the people in that unit as well. Like they just had, mm. they were, you know, it, it, I don't know how you want to call it, but in a very vulgar way, like they were treated as expendable, basically. Yeah. So, um, and I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Because I guess, wow. I wonder if that's why they're the highly decorated unit. Like, it's because I, I don't know how the military really works. But I know that, you know, it's often when you've sacrificed a lot that you get some kind of uh, recognition. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I took away was that there was this whole, like, everything's very black and white. You're either this or you're that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that still exists, like, today. Mm -hmm. Where, you know you're sort of made to choose whether you're more this or that. Yeah, yeah. Except, obviously, the stakes were a lot higher. Yep. Or In that war. Um, right, or like with the Japanese Americans, they really couldn't choose, right? Like, that they were born this way. They, you know, they had this label kind of foisted onto them, and even though they may have felt more than one they, they were they didn't feel like they should be ja labeled as Japanese like that's kind of like as a result of like how they were you know just you know how they came into this world like that and there was a part in the documentary where they said well it's it there was no like obvious answer sometimes because yes maybe you might have been born here but what if you have like relatives who are in Japan yeah. Right. And you feel like that's your that's your family's. So. Oh, the loyalty question. Um, yeah. I almost wondered if he like it, it reminded me of like when they try to get um, prisoners to sign statements that will basically like exempt like basically it almost feels like a forced confession basically situation. It's just like, well, you know, you're imprisoning these people. Like, what are you thinking? What how 
like how ethical is it for you to be asking them to sign this thing right now? They're trying mm-hmm. to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It's like, what do you think they're going to say? Right. You know, but some people did actually right. say no. Yeah, and that was surprising, too, also, to see that one family. But yeah, this was fun, Pona. It made it a, like a really heavy subject more bearable. Honestly, I don't think I would have watched it without you. <laughs>